You're listening to another life-transforming message from C3 Church San Diego. For more information on our church, go to c3sandiego.com. I want you to hang on to your seats tonight because the Word of God is coming. I told the devil I was taking out all the stops and he wasn't happy about it, so we attacked my voice. But that's all right. Even with a whisper, we can tear the devil's kingdom down. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. So I'm married to this good-looking man in the front row here for 56 years. I married him when I was in kindergarten. Don't strike me. So I want to praise God for my three adult children, my wonderful, beautiful seven grandchildren. I thank God that, you know, I thought I was coming to San Diego to retire because I had pastored, I was a senior pastor for 38 years on the East Coast, and I thought, well, you know, my kids moved out to San Diego. I'm going to follow them out there, and I'm going to retire and kick back and let somebody else preach and enjoy the rest of my life on the beach and just have a grand time. And then I got a general rebuke where the Lord said, I told you there's no retirement from this army. The only way to get out of this army is to pass from this life to the next. So as long as you've got breath in your body, God wants to use you. Amen? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, the God who is and was and is to come, the God who answers by fire, the God who says, call upon me and I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things. Lord, we let that you unleash your power in this place tonight, Lord. Touch lives, transform, Lord God. Uproot, pull down whatever needs to be moved out. And let your glory come in tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. And if that's your prayer request tonight, say amen. amen. Praise the living God. I want to thank God tonight because you know what? He's the same today, yesterday, today, and forever. And I want to thank God because... He's always been faithful in my life. We're still in our paranormal series tonight. I'm going to break down tonight about natural versus supernatural. Natural versus supernatural. And my message is entitled, Stand Your Ground. Learn how to stand your ground. And why do I say this? Because if you live on this planet long enough, the devil's coming to knock on your door. He's coming to challenge you, to discourage you, to make you turn your back on Jesus Christ, to tell you that it's not real, it's not going to last. I remember when I first came to Christ, my siblings said to my friends, oh, she's on a Jesus kick. That won't last long. Uh, she's not gonna last. And next month, that'll be 48 years ago. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is so good. And God is greatly to be praised. I want to take us to the word of God tonight, to Exodus chapter 17. Exodus Chapter 17, verse 8 to 13. Exodus, have we got it up on the screen? Praise the Lord. So, at this time in the scriptures, we're, talking, look, we're looking at the man of God, where Moses was saying was fighting against Amalek. And at that time, Israel had no army. They didn't have any army. But Moses told Joshua to bring me willing men. My question to you tonight, are you willing? All God wants is your willingness. I don't care how weak you are, how strong you are, how big you are, how tall you are. Are you willing is my question tonight. Because God, Moses said, pick me out men who are willing. They didn't have any army. They've been slaves in, in Egypt 
for 430 years, beat down. Everything was handed to them on a silver platter. They never had to worry about supplying their own needs. Just like a little baby could, could not care for themselves. Here's adults who handed everything to them. Their food, their clothing. And now you're set free to live on your own. That alone must be very shocking and challenging. Now you're up against an army to fight and you don't have any army. So Moses said, pick me out, willing men, so they can fight against Amalek. And Moses went on top of the mountain and he held up his hands. I want you to know tonight, when you hold up your hands in prayer, you are battling with principalities in the spirit realm. When you hold up your hands, you are fighting with the sword of the spirit. When you hold up your hand, you have the power to tell the devil, halt, stop, don't come no further. This is a battle line here. Don't come no further. You have that power. You have that ability because you were made in the image of God. God doesn't make junk. So when you are standing against the battle in life, I don't care what the challenge is. I don't care what the battle, what the battle is. You've got to keep your praises high and your, low to do, and your doubts low. I'll say it again. You've got to keep your praises high and your doubts low. Because the devil is coming to talk smack to you. He's coming to talk junk to you. He's coming to talk trash to you. He's coming to work on your mind and to beat you down and tell you, look where you come from. Who do you think you are? You come from the wrong side of the tracks. You're not educated. You're not bright. You're not good looking. You're too tall. You're too short. You're too fat. You're too skinny. You're too dumb. You're not this. Just tell him to shut up. Stand your ground. That's why God says to put on the full arm of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day. You know, when God tells you to put on a, a, your, your battle clothes, is that because he wants you to just change your clothes because you want you to look cute? <laughs> but when you go to war, you dress for war. When you go to play, you dress for play. When you go to pool, you dress for the pool. But when you go to battle, you dress for war. So when you wake up every morning, you put your war clothes on. You stand up and you look in the mirror and you put on the helmet of salvation so that your mind is protected against the forces of darkness. And then you're going to gird your loins, Hollywood truth, so you walk in truth. Who is truth? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. And then what are you going to do? You're going to put on your shard, your feet with the gospel of the preparation of peace. You walk with peace as long as the devil is going to let you be at peace. But you dress for war. And what do you do? You take up the sword of the Spirit which is the word of God, to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. And you take up the shield of faith because without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now you're dressed for battle. And when that devil knocks on your door, he said, dummy, you got the wrong address. Yeah. Got the wrong address. Because we, listen, people, we are spirits. So we are supernatural beings living in a physical body. What does that look like? It means that we have limits in this physical realm because we're locked in this body. But we operate in two realms, the natural and the supernatural, because we are made in the image of God and God is a spirit and you are a spirit. So you have to know your identity. You have to know your... Do you see the attack on people's identity today? Identity theft? Are people going working up? I don't know who I am. I'm, I'm going on a trip to find myself. I, I just got to find myself. I, I don't know who I am. And if somebody stands in front of you and tells you they're trying to find themselves, well, say, do you know your address? Do you have the keys to where you live? Do you know your name? 
Well, then you're not lost. There are people today who don't know if they're a man or a woman or a horse or a cat. I'm talking about people in the civilized world. They have them on talk shows all the time. Don't know who I am. Just trying to find myself. Years ago, we'd say to somebody who would say that to you, have you had your medication today, sweetheart? What did your doctor say? When did you last visit your doctor? Now we pat people on the back and say, well, that's all right, sweetheart, you're fine. The devil is making fools out of people. People used to stand up for what's right and what's wrong. Now they just say, well, that's all right for you, dear. But when that devil knocks on your door, you better know who you are. No time to be confused. No time to be lost. It's time to stand up. Why? Because God said, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. And nothing by any means should hurt you. All power means what? All power. All power means what? All power. All power means what? All power. Not some, not a little, not most, but all power. Glory to God. I love this word. I love knowing who I am in Jesus Christ. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. God said, let us make man in our image and our likeness and let them have dominion. Dominate your world. Dominate your life. Dominate your circumstances. Not the devil, but you in control. Dominate means to dominate. God didn't make angels in his image. That's all it says in the King James Version where God made us a little lower than the angels. That's not a really good translation. He made us a little lower than Elohim, which is God. We got his life, his nature, and his ability. That's who we are. We got God's life, his nature, and his ability. That's who you are. Angels are not in our class. They are stronger in, uh, than us in strength, but not in rank, because God is our father, and he is the king of kings, and the Lord of lords, and the lion from the tribe of Judah. Oh, glory to God. Tell that devil when he knocks on your door who you are. Praise the Lord. I'm going to give you a little bit of my testimony. A little bit of my testimony tonight. Like I said, the devil is going to knock on your door. Be ready. My parents came to visit me one weekend, and uh, I thought I'd take them out shopping and just drive around and show them, you know, the area that I lived in when I lived in Pennsylvania. And this drunken man was following me, and I didn't know the man was drunk. I to see him weaving in and out of traffic, you know, just, what's wrong with this person? But when I stopped at a red light, I didn't realize he was behind me and he wasn't stopping, so he smashed into the rear end of my car. So we all ended up in the hospital. My mother, my father, and myself went to the emergency. And when I went in, they took me to get x-rays and they said, a man might ask you a question. I said, what is it? They said, are you pregnant? I said, well, not to my knowledge. So they gave me about 30, 35 x-rays. But then I found out a few weeks later that I was pregnant. And then they said, well, you know, you're going to have to terminate that pregnancy. You can't have this baby. The unformed baby cells are scattered all over the, all over, all over the place. It won't have any arms, no legs. It's going to have a great mental illness. You won't be able to raise it. It'll have to be raised in an institution. So you're going to have to terminate the pregnancy. I just gotten saved. I'm thinking, wait a minute, you mean kill somebody? 
I might have could have done it before, but now it's a problem. It's a problem. So the doctor said, look, lady, don't be unreasonable. You can have another baby. And my husband wasn't saved at the time. He said, yeah, we can have another baby. This one's got to go. I cannot see myself pushing no carriage down the street with a kid with no legs, no arms. He said, no, 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 you better listen to the doctor. He told me he knows more than you. You better listen to the doctor. We, we, can't, do, we can't do this. I said, well, doctor, is there something you can do? He said, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to get a hold of the top radiologist specialist in the neighboring states around us. We lived in Pennsylvania. He said, I'm going to check with the top radiologist in New York, see what they have to say. I'll check with the top radiologist in New Jersey, and I'll see what they have to say. So I thought, oh, good, this is going to look good. They're going to tell me I got a chance. They said, oh, no, tell her to terminate the pregnancy at all costs. Tell her to terminate the pregnancy. She can't have this baby. Tell her to terminate it. She can't have it. So I husband said, you heard what the man said? You heard what the man said? He said, you can't have this baby. I said, yes, I heard what they said, but I can't do it. I can't do it. And I'm not throwing my husband under the bus, but he wasn't saved. I was. He said, look, I, I'm, I'm out. I'm, 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 I can't do it. I'm not pushing no kid down the street with no legs. All banged up. He said, I don't know what's the matter with you. You are not. You just, why don't you be reasonable? I said, I can't do it. I said, well, it's me and Jesus. And so every time I went in the prayer line, I say, Lord, maybe this baby doesn't have any legs. Maybe this baby doesn't have any arms, but you created this baby in the first place. You put the legs back on. You put the feet back on. You give it back his right mind. You're not limited. There's nothing you cannot do. I trust you, God. You are my master now. You are my savior, Lord God. I trust you, Lord. My back is against the wall, but Lord, I choose to trust you. That was my decision. So that time my marriage was in the toilet, obviously. My husband would come home maybe to take a shower, get breakfast, he was gone again. See him the next morning about three o'clock in the morning, sleep for three hours, get a shower, he's gone again. So I was laying in the bed one day and I was feeling kind of bad. That was one day before I was going into my eighth month. I said, Lord, I'm tired now. I'm tired. I said, God, I gotta have this baby. I'm just tired. And then the phone rang. My mother said, hi, what you doing? I said, just hanging out. Oh yeah? Well, your dad and I are coming, stopping by. She says, uh, we're gonna spend the night. She says, uh, we're going our way to Maryland to check on some of your dad's property. We're gonna stop. I said, look, Ma, I don't mind you and dad stopping by, but I'm not in the shape to cook for anybody. I don't feel that great. Well, my father's a chef. He was a chef for the vice president of the Pennsylvania Railroad. Maybe some of you folks on Old Earth even know about him, but that's what he, that's what he did. He retired after 40-something years. He said, he can, we'll bring our own food and we'll cook it. I said, okay. They came in, they cooked the food. About the time they were just finished eating, I said, Ma, I don't feel too good. She was mad. I said, I don't know, I'm in pain. So she started timing the pains. They were like five minutes apart. She said, uh, well, where's your husband? How do you tell your mother and your father you're having your third baby and you don't have a clue where your husband is? They don't know none of this horror story. They don't know what's going on. They don't even know what the doctor told me. They don't know any of this. And they say, you better call your husband tell him he's at the hospital. Oh. I said, Holy Ghost, where is he, in where is he anyway? Holy 
Joe said he's in the library. You know he's studying for his master's degree. I said, but he studies in three different libraries. Which one is he in? He said, Beaver College. So I got on the phone, called up Beaver College. The woman came to the phone. I said, listen, I know you don't call people's name out in the library. I said, but can you find my husband? She said, what does your husband look like? I said, he's a black man, but he looks like an Indian. That's when he had hair. He had bone straight hair. Even the Indian people from India thought he was Indian. They used to grin and smile at him and lick their tongue at me. And so, two minutes later, he comes to the phone. He said, hello? I said, it's me. He's probably wondering, how does she find, how does she do that? <laughs> hey, Holy Ghost, make a long story short. I said, look, my parents are here, I'm in labor. Can you meet me at the hospital? He said, which one? I said, he didn't even know. I said, Einstein, Northern Division. He said, okay. So we got there. He, he came in shortly after, looking like he was half baked. He was so shook up. And the devil took his last shot at me. The devil never gives up. You can't give up either. I said, the devil took his last shot. When the doctor was wheeling me into the living room, he said, I told you to give up this baby, but you wouldn't listen. He said, now, for your decision, you're going to have to live it for the rest of your life. I said, I know what you told me, doctor, but I trust my Jesus. So when my daughter was born, she was perfect in every way. She was perfect in every single way. Perfect. Hey, God hears and answers prayer. The angels kissed her when she was born. So the nurse, after he kissed me on the cheek, he looked like he was gonna pass out, he walked out. The nurse came to me and said, Miss, can I ask you a personal question? I said, what is it? She said, I see by your chart, this is your third pregnancy. She said, your husband looks like he's about to have a heart attack. <laughs> is there a story behind this baby? So I told her. She said, listen, I'm not a very religious person, but it just goes to show you there's a God somewhere. There's a God somewhere. God is real. He's real. When I people hear people say there is no God, no, you don't know him. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. But you got to stand up against him. You got to, when you get your back against the wall, you got to come out fighting. You got to come out fighting with the word of God. Because God said he gave you power over the enemy. So you got to know that you got power. You got to know who you are. You got to know who you're serving. You got to know who you're walking with because he gave you dominion. He gave you authority and he gave you power. It's not by osmosis. You have to use it and exercise it and walk by faith like a baby walks and stumbles and falls down and gets back up again. When you ride a bicycle, you fall down and get some bruises and some knocks, but you get up and you keep on walking. This is what this walk is all about. Stand in your ground and push back the darkness. Stand in your ground and push back the darkness and stand in your ground and push back the darkness. Why? Because life is rough. And this army's out for wimps. So get over it. I did. I was the biggest wimp on the planet before I came to Christ. I can't even tell you what a wimp I was. I hated school growing up. 
this same little girl named Carolyn Page. I don't know if she's out there. I hope you're safe, Carolyn. <laughs> but she used to beat me up every day of my life. Pull my ribbons out of my hair, rip the sashes off my dress. She beat me up every day from kindergarten. She's in my class again. The first grade beat me up every day. Second grade beat me up every day. Till one night I went home and I prayed and said, listen, Lord, I'll make a deal with you. I'm in the second grade. I said, Lord, when I go to sleep tonight, now I'll lay me down to sleep. Lord, don't let me wake up. I had it. I hate school. My life sucks. I said, if you could just let me go to sleep and not wake up, I'll be happy. That's, that's choice number one. Choice number two is give me the strength to fight back. I said, I said, amen. I got in bed. I'm in the second grade. Next day I go to school, she walks by and she snatches off one of my ribbons out of my hair. These big, we used to wear those big bows before your time in the Stone Age. We used to wear these big ribbons in her hair and they, she pulled it out. So after school, she walked up to me. Please don't repeat this. I got outside and she slapped me and I went berserk. <laughs> Took three adults to get me off her. Three adults. And I love school ever since because no more beating up and no more bullying. And the devil is the biggest bully on the planet. He doesn't even belong on this planet. He's a renegade spirit. He's here legally. He don't have legal rights. You got rights, he doesn't have legal rights. So what do you do? Like I did with Carolyn Page. Give him a couple of black eyes, patch his hair pulled out, and kick him out the door. Problem solved. And get good, get good at fighting, folks, because he's coming back again. What happened when Jesus went into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil? And of course, he gave him the word of God like we do. And the devil left him to the safe forever for a season. If he left Jesus for a season, it means he's coming back. But every time he comes back, you're stronger. You're wiser. Hello? You hear that? Every time he comes back, you're stronger and you're wiser. You've been to the spiritual gym. You've been lifting weights. Hello? You've been cutting back on calories, and, but you've been overeating on the word of God until now you were just carrying so much weight, carrying so much anointing, carrying so much power, carrying so much authority. When that devil opens the door, he goes, oh, crap, it's her house. Bam. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All you have to do is to pray for God to give you a spirit of a warrior. Say, God, give me the spirit of a warrior. God hears and he answers prayer. We have that because we ask not. We're expecting the God to come and do something for us we're supposed to do for ourselves. People say, well, I'm waiting on God to give me a good job. When's the last time you asked God to wash your dishes or, or do your laundry or do your grocery shopping? He won't do for you what you can do for yourself. Hello? 
there was a man that went in a prayer line at the church I used to attend when I first got saved. And the man said, listen, Pastor Shambach, he says, I want a job. So Pastor Shambach said, well, what kind of job do you want? He said, I got to have a job. I got a family. He said, I want any kind of job, man. Just pray for me a job. Brother Shambach said, you just want any kind of job? Yes, any kind of job. He laid here and said, Lord, let him clean every in the city. Let him scrub it out. He said, whoa, 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 man, I don't want no job like that. He said, that's what I thought. Be specific. <laughs> you see, I used to say the sky's the limit, but there are no limits in God. There are no limits. So what are we waiting for? What is your dream? What is your desire? What do you want? What do you, what do you believe in God for? I didn't even realize that God gave me anointing after I had Susan to pray for people who couldn't get pregnant. I didn't know that God would do something like that. I didn't even ask for it. I was riding through the jungles of Africa on one of my mission trips, and we got through the bush. The whole road on each side were just women standing there lined up body by body holding up babies. Everybody holding up these babies all through the jungles. So I said to the other pastor, I said, my God, isn't that lovely? What they, want me to, what they want me to pray over their babies? He said, what are you talking about, woman of God? All these women were barren. They couldn't have no babies. They want you to, they showing you your year ago, and you said when you come back, they'd, be, they'd have babies. I said, I did. <laughs> they all had babies. I was so excited. I said, stop this car. I opened up. I got now. We were just dancing in the jungles. We were dancing. Hey, we were dancing. We were cutting the stuff. We were moving out. We was praising God. We was leaping and shouting and jumping for joy and leaping and shouting and jumping for joy because God is an on-time God. Hey, he's an on-time God. He's never late. I said he's never late. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Don't say God can't because the doctor said because the doctor's name is not Jesus. I just thought about a man. He was a little on the shaky side with his Christianity. One of these guys with one leg in and one out, he just couldn't behave himself. But he had a heart. You just had to love him. They're laughing because they know where he is. Anyway, this guy was always in a mess. Anyway, somebody met me in Walmart on the East Coast and said, listen, your boy's in the hospital. They gave him 24 hours to live. I said, what? I said, I hate the devil. Took my all and I went to the hospital. He had bat plastic bags on his legs. Every kind of equipment tool you could have hooked up to a body was him. And he looked like he was in a coma when I got there. So I said, my God. So I anointed with all that. I guess this is all I said to him. I didn't do no long praying. He's already here. I like to keep it short and sweet because if you go with these long prayers, they can be dead before you finish the prayer. <laughs> Hello, these long-winded people, you're sitting there getting ready to have a heart attack. And, they, and oh Lord, your Father God who sits upon the throne. Come on, get to the point. I'm suffering here. <laughs> Praise God. So I said, I said to him, I said, Haskell, if it's not your time to go, I tapped him on the sh shoulder. I said, if it's not your time to go, come back. And I left. I didn't see the man for eight months. I didn't know if he lived or died. But I was preaching at his church, getting ready to go on another mission trip to Africa. 
And they used to have a sit-down dinner after I gave the presentation and so forth. He said, he said hey, can I see you after, after you eat your dinner? I said, okay. I sat down beside him. I said, what's up? He said, I want to thank you for coming and praying for me. I said, oh, no problem. He said, you know, I was dead when you got there. I said, what? He said, I was dead, dead when you got there. I said, what are you talking about? He said, my spirit was up out of my body already. I was on the ceiling looking down. When you was praying over me, I was already out of my body. He said, then the next thing I was in a wheat field where the wheat was so beautiful and bright and, and, and exuberant up to my chest. He said, I heard you screaming in the background, Haskell, come back. You were yelling my name. But I, I didn't yell his name, but in the spirit realm, that's how much weight our prayers carry. That's how much power our words have. I will, in the name of Jesus. He said within an instant, he was back in his body and he saw me go out the door. Why limit God? He's God. He can use who he wants. It's got nothing to do with you. It's not your glory. I tell people, I don't mind praying over people dead, living, half dead, baked, whatever. You know why? Because if they don't get healed, I don't take the blame. If they get healed, I don't get the credit. So if I don't get the credit, I don't take the blame. It's not about, about us when we pray over people. Well, what are they going to think if they, don't get, if they don't get healed? When did you get the, get the healing people? Uh, just a vessel. Hello? So, so now your excuses are all gone for praying over people. Hello? Oh, I said, the doctor gave me two weeks to live. He's a liar. Shut up. Come here. Let's cast that devil out. Bam! You're out of here. It's not your power, but it flows through you. If you are willing and obedient, the Bible says you should eat the good of the land. All God like wants is the same thing Moses told the children of Israel. Give me some willing guys. Some guys that are willing. No experience, no qualifications, just willing. And God said, you don't need no qualifications, no experience, just be willing. Just be willing to let God use you. If God can use me, he can use anybody. He can use anybody. But do you know what the key to your power is? Can I tell you the secret the key to your power is? Humble. 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 Do whatever God asks you to do. No job is beneath you. If Jesus washed your disciples' feet, who are we? He might say, well, that's You don't have a revelation of what the feet looked like back then. They had sandals on. And they didn't have no cleanup or sanitation department. They had wild animals to ride everywhere. Uh, cow poop, ducky poop, goat poop all over the roads. They walking all day long for miles. I still on traffic station. They got was these two legs. They walking all in kinds of poop and they walking. And Jesus washed their feet. What excuse do we have? In a church before I became a pastor, the past the janitor was caught smoking in the building. So the pastor said, "Look, we don't have no smoking in the house of God. Man, smoke outside." He said, we, we don't smoke in here. Well, the man got an attitude. He wasn't saved anyway. So he, got, he walked off the job in the middle of the week. So the pastor said, uh, Sunday, who would like to volunteer to clean the toilets? He said, the janitor quit. We had 500 people in that church. Only two people besides myself raised their hands to kill, clean the church toilets. Everybody looked around like, he couldn't be talking to me. I don't clean toilets. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to dwell in the tents of the ungodly. I was happy to clean out the toilets in the house of God. Happy to serve the saints. 
Because the Bible says, who is greatest in the kingdom is servant to everybody. Jesus said, I didn't come to, to be served. I came to serve. So if that's the heart of Jesus, what kind of heart do we have? My husband said, oh my God, we go to California. We're going to buy a little house. I said, what for? What for? We had a five-bedroom house in Vermont. We never lived by ourselves. Oh, you got nowhere to live? Oh, sweetheart, come on, live with us. We have people living rent-free, food-free. My kids said, come on, who's that? Oh, so he lives, he lives here now. When <laughs> this little blonde used to come in, stay with me about half a year, she says, um, I, she says, uh, I just love living with you. I, I want to get up with you and pray at 5 o'clock in the morning. And I want to do this, do that. So I said, we got to get you a job. Well, she said, you found me a job. I said, well, why aren't you moved out? Well, I don't move out. Well, she says, I don't want to go anywhere. I said, sweetheart, somebody else needs your bed. Time for you to go. So that's how we lived our whole Christian adult life. So he said, I know that, Quacha. Gonna buy two, we're gonna get a two-bedroom house. We're gonna buy a two-bed, we gave all our stuff away. Basically, we came here. Two-bedroom house. One is his prayer room, because he kicked me out. I gotta have the living room. And our bedroom. So when people come, they can sleep on the pull-out couch, or they can have the floor. No permanent visitors. But that's the kind of heart God wants us to have. Serve people, love people, bless people. And let God use you. You will see your anointing increase overnight. Way above your pay grade. You know it is supernatural. Everybody say supernatural. Everybody say supernatural. Oh, come on, say it like you mean it. Everybody say supernatural. That's the realm God called you to live in. A realm where there's no limits. A realm where everything is possible. A realm where you can step into and live far beyond your wildest dreams. I could stand here and tell you testimony after testimony of the goodness and the grace of God in my life and I would never have enough time to finish because God is a good God. And if he's good for me, to me, he'll be good to you. Just realize how good he is. I think about my family. My, my, shush, my family were not a bunch of angels. My family was not a bunch of angels. My brothers all alcoholics, banged up, when I got saved, I thought I was crazy. But every last one of my brothers and my siblings who were in the grave accepted Jesus before they left this place. Everyone, I would not rest until they all came to Jesus Christ. I would not give up. They were something, imagine there were three brothers, crazy brothers, and a cousin. I'm the only girl in the house. I said, oh, Lord, I'm going to die an old maid. They find something wrong with every guy that comes here. Nobody's ever coming to take me out of this place. But that's how faithful God is. He stood up against him. I'm, sh I'm shocked. He has, some, he has something to say about every single guy I ever dated. He's too tall. He's too short. He's too skinny. He's too fat. This left eye is looking at his right eye saying, hello. Oh. All kinds of crazy stuff. My brothers were mean. And I guess, I don't know, something about me he must have liked because he decided to keep me. I know a lot of times he wanted to change his mind, but he decided to keep me. So God is a good God. I tell you, learn to stay for the long haul. People say, well, how did you make it 56 years? You had, had a wonderful life. We had our ups and downs. We're human. Some days I got a bad day, take it out of him. 
So Daisy got a bad day, takes it out of me. We just take turns and then we look at each other and say, the sun's getting ready to go down, we can't let the sun go down our raft. Good night, sweetie. <laughs> Wake up tomorrow, it's a new day. Amen? Because I told him, you sure you want to marry me? I don't believe in divorce. Murder, but not divorce. Only way to get rid of me is one of us has got to die. And we're still living and smiling. God's got a sense of humor. I say, God's got a sense of humor. So what are you waiting for tonight? Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 San Diego, go to C3SanDiego.com. 